0: Hello and welcome to the podcast for the April 2013 issue of The Lancet Oncology. Richard Lane here. And this month, I'm joined by Lanlan Smith from TLO to discuss some of the highlights. And Lanlan, first off to say it's a, well, it's a themed issue really, isn't it? Tell us more.
1: Yes, we have a series on cancer control in Africa, focusing mainly on sub-Saharan Africa and a variety of topics, including the challenges of providing Pathology and treatment, radiotherapy, and palliative care, along with some other interesting topics and challenges. We also have two linked comments to the series and two reportages from Ethiopia and Malawi.
0: African, indeed, and to mention the main feature of the podcast this month is an interview i did with one of the authors of a research article so in the red section of the journal and this is looking at a pilot study really it's uh, looking at breast cancer screening in an area of sudan so keep listening and you can hear more about that sorry Landon, Lan, i interrupted back to you any concluding comments
1: yes it's really a series looking at the challenges and opportunities for providing cancer care in africa obviously there's a lot that still needs to be done but there's also some promising work already in place So I think there can be improvements. I think there's certainly work to be done across the board, but hopefully this series will help highlight what steps need to be taken next.
0: Well, it's a fascinating read. Carry on listening, and we'll hear more about that research article now about breast screening in Sudan.
2: My name is Salma Prahim Mohamed. I am Associate Professor of Cancer Biology at Purdue University. Uh, my department is Comparative Pathobiology and also I am part of the Bird University Cancer Centre for Research.
0: Sulma, many thanks indeed for talking to the Lancet Oncology, and I'm sorry you have a little bit of a cold, but it's very good of you to, to do the interview anyway. We're talking about your research article published in the April issue of the Lancet Oncology. It's the same issue that we publish series about cancer in Africa. Your study, it's a research article, effectively it's a pilot study and it's looking at this really important issue of early detection of breast cancer in in a rural setting of a resource-poor country, In, in this case in Sudan. Just give us some background here. What what was the motivation and what what was the objective of your study?
2: Thank you very much for inviting me. The motivation or background is that in sub-Saharan Africa in general, especially in Sudan, there's lack of resources. In addition, there is social stigmatization, a religious belief that can prevent women from seeking early um, treatment. Breast cancer, as we all know, is um, a common disease is the leading, is a second leading cause of death in women, not only in Africa, across the world. However, the outcomes between women who are living in high-income countries compared to women living in low-income countries is really different. We see that women living in, like, United States, they have a better chance of cure and surviving their breast cancer because of the implementation of a screening program that allow, you know, the women, the breast cancer to be detected early and so on, to be treated early. Patients living in low-income countries, uh, especially like women who live in rural countries in Sudan, they present with late-stage breast cancer. This is already been spread to the other part of the organ and they don't seek treatment until they are really in pain. And as we know, these countries, they cannot afford mammography, which is accredited for reducing breast cancer in high-income countries. And it's not only the cost, but there is no infrastructure, there is no trained personnel to conduct even an organized screening program. And cheaper you know, approaches, such as breast self-examination and clinical uh, examination were not recommended you know, at the population level. But anyhow, uh, mammography screening or breast self-examination, these two approaches are also being debated a lot in the high-income countries in their effective, in, you know, in effectiveness or their contribution in reducing breast cancer mortality. But even if we have mammography in Sudan or in these low-income countries, there is other uh, factors that contribute to the woman not going to seek help. And these are social factors and religious factors. These are very important um, social barriers that we don't think about. So there is a stigma associated with the disease. There is a strong belief that breast cancer equals death. Women do not want to go to the hospital to unfamiliar surroundings and see all this equipment and, you know, the doctors. That causes fear on, on, on these poor and educated women. Also, there is areas that men are allowed more than one wife and, you know, a woman to disfigure her. You know, African women actually get breast cancer when they're young. And so they don't want to, you know, share their husbands and um, lose their support for their children. Some of the uh, North Africa, you know, and parts of East Africa are Muslims. And so for a woman, just she doesn't have anything just to go – to expose her breast, to see whether they have cancer, that is not, you know, uh, acceptable. So all this stuff and, you know, having seeing all women suffering breast cancer in Sudan um, made me think of, of doing a study like that with collaboration with uh, these young people, physicians in Sudan.
0: Just tell us briefly about the design of this study. It is a pilot study and crucially I think it's worth just emphasizing that because of the resource issues that you've just mentioned in a rural, poor country like Sudan, we're actually talking about the importance of the role of non-medical staff, aren't we, in having a role in in breast cancer detection? Our approach is that
2: to overcome first those social barriers before we go to mammography, we got um, young women from the same village. So if you have um, a screening. Um, you get a screening from a familiar and trusted person that shared the same belief and the same social fabric. So if you're approached by somebody who you know and you trust in comfort of your own home, you intend to be more relaxed and more forthcoming with any symptoms you may have. And you might be more open, you know, to show your breast. In this study, we chose to train a girl from East Village, after we trained them in looking at what is abnormal and abnormal breast, then these girls went door-to-door visiting those women that they already know, asking them about, you know, what they have and to examine their breast. In about two years, we screened about more than 1,000 women. We found that 138 women in the screen Village were identified to have abnormalities. 17 of those, they have non-benign disease. While women in the in the control village, only four women showed up on their own. So that means at least 17 women that otherwise would have died of cancer, now their cancer can potentially be cured. So these villages that we chose, the control and the experimental villages, they have the same level of knowledge about cancer and social understanding and they're, you know, they're not aware of of, of cancer, so they they are comparable um, villages.
0: Interesting and important findings here. What do you think the implications are? And critically, can you just paint a little picture because many people listening to this will maybe like myself not have a clear idea of what a clinical service might be like in a country like Sudan. So what are the implications of the ongoing treatment of breast lumps or breast cancer among women if they've had breast lumps detected?
2: In Sudan, the cancer diagnosis, it costs money. So if a woman wanted to diagnose that they have to pay from their own buckets, but actually treatment is free. So if a woman detected. With uh, a mass, they can undergo clinical diagnosis. With, you know, there is mammography, there is ultrasound, there is pathology, and there is surgery, and also there is, you know, different chemotherapy available and radiotherapy available. The problem is that, I guess, people are not coming. The treatment and the setting, although there is, is not all over the Sudan. We have two cancer centers in Sudan. We don't have many oncologists. And radiotherapists um, there, is still people can find treatment. And there is a lot of people also leave the country uh, to other neighboring countries seeking treatment. But the important here um, from our study is that we, instead of curing the late stage disease, and that is actually will exhaust the system more, let us cure early disease because. I think it's more cheaper to cure the early disease than to cure a late stage disease. So, this is the idea that hopefully we'll have, we'll see more curable disease than treating uncurable disease and person at the end die.
0: Yes, of course. And is it too early to say whether? There are implications for for the rolling out of a basic sort of program such as the one in your experimental group in this study. Do you think there could be a role for non-medical staff? Are there plans to to take this research seriously and and to actually put it into action? This is the pilot study, so is, yes. So so is this now the pilot study has presumably proved its point. So what happens next? Yes. So we when when we published
2: this work, we did not complete. So it is an ongoing study. The staff already implemented the same study in the northern and Eastern Sudan. So we have another now three study going on, just because of the uh, of the good result that we have seen with this pilot study.
0: Well, thank you very much, somar It's a very important study with a clear result. It is a pilot study, but from what you're telling me, it sounds like there's potential here in Sudan for... The screening of, of breast cancer in women to, to improve. So thank you very much indeed for your time. I hope your cold gets better. Thank you for talking to the Lancet Oncology. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Many thanks once again to Sulma Mohammed and also to Lanlan who stayed with us. Thank you, Lanlan.
1: Thank you, Richard.
0: And thanks for listening. See you next month.